Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Podcast listeners, coming at you live from the Ottawa Valley, eh? We're the Shorky Sisters, eh? Yeah, you must be getting excited about this episode there, Sarah, given your interior decorating background. Then again, you also hate cooking, so... Yeah, why haven't you feng shui'd your kitchen yet? I don't think there's enough feng shui in Asia to make me enjoy being in the kitchen. See, I just wish I had a better kitchen to work with in terms of more light more space. I think I would really enjoy having an island in my kitchen, you know? Well, I have space and light, and it doesn't make a difference. I also find it hard to believe that an island would be a game changer. Yeah, so if you're listening to this episode, you might have gathered by now that we are talking about kitchen space and cooking appeal, and how to learn to love to cook and be in your kitchen. There are some decorating practices that we can apply to our own kitchens that are going to make us less hungry and apparently promote good digestion even. For the record, Sarah has a diploma in interior decorating and she allowed me to have a red and black themed kitchen because this was the color scheme I wanted and she was all for it. Then I learned the color red stimulates appetite and the color white apparently speeds up metabolism. So I'm basically screwed on this one because my kitchen is black and red. As striking as the color scheme is, and I do love it. Yes, exactly. And decor is more about enjoying the space that you're in as opposed to forcing mind control through color. (laughs) Besides, didn't you say that blue supposedly suppresses appetite? And my kitchen is blue, and I'm not exactly lean and svelte over here. Yes, well, I am referencing a feng shui kitchen guide, and it does say you need to use blue sparingly in your kitchen in order to keep your weight in check. So technically, you should just have a blue tablecloth or maybe some placemats or something, not every friggin' wall in the room. Oh, okay, well, there you go. We've solved my problem. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also thought it was interesting that apparently light green green, orange, and yellow promotes good digestion, but then it also said that red stimulates appetite, and isn't red pretty damn close to orange? Well, and the rest of my main floor is green and orange in my house, and again, clearly not helping me out. Well, we're really off to a useful, information-packed start (laughs) to this episode. Yeah, we're really selling it. Yeah, okay, well maybe let's leave the feng shui by saying lightness and freshness are the two key words we should be focusing on in order to have a feng shui kitchen. So whatever 
your color scheme is, as long as it inspires you with lightness and freshness, that is what you want. And Sarah, since interior decorating is your thing, maybe you could give us some general tips that you would suggest to our listeners to help them love their kitchen and be inspired to cook healthy meals in it? Well, what I learned in school had nothing to do with inspiring people to cook good meals. It had more to do with, you know, how to design a kitchen that you're not going to screw up the cabinetry and waste thousands of dollars. What I would suggest is actually doing the things that I've done, though. I do not enjoy cooking, so I've made the kitchen a room I genuinely love. My counters are very clean. My cupboards are very organized. It's a welcoming, inviting space. Well, that's a good place to start then and something we can all do. You definitely want a clutter-free kitchen that has a sense of freshness and lightness to it as the feng shui peeps would have it. So I would say to everyone listening, the first step we should all be taking in order to enjoy our kitchen space more and actually want to be in there, maybe not cook in there, but at least want to be in there, is make sure it's clean, give it a thorough cleaning, obviously throw out whatever foods are in there that you know are not going to help you to reach your nutrition goals. And what about when you have a husband who constantly brings in foods that are not going to help you with your nutritional goals? Well, yeah, it's the same as if you have roommates who are constantly eating garbage. I would forbid your husband from bringing all that crap and do what I do. Have a rule that if you're going to eat dessert or something salty or carbicidal, you have to make it from scratch. No processed junk food. So for instance, Harry loves vegan mac and cheese that I make with bean noodles, lentil noodles. And so I've been making that a lot because it's something that is soft enough for him to eat and because I know I'm going to be eating it too, I make sure that I make it in the healthiest way possible. So like I said, I'm going to use lentil noodles or some kind of bean noodle, and I add a ton of broccoli to it. It's a good winter comfort food, and so if you're one of these people that craves something rich and hearty, you can have that, but do it like the way that I did it, and it's a much healthier way to have that. And I do the same thing with dessert all the time. So if your husband, you know, is dessert freak and desserts are going to be eaten, they have to be home baked. And then it's a good experience to do with your kids in the kitchen too. You bake something as a family together. Yeah, I'm still stuck on the forbidding part. I can't wait to try and forbid him and I'll let you know how that goes over. I thought he gave up sugar for a few months anyway. What happened to that? What do you think happened to that? Well, he was looking svelte. He clearly had lost some weight and it was working for him. He had pneumonia. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, he gave gave up sugar and lost a few pounds. Then he got pneumonia, and that was the diet that really worked for him. Okay, well, this episode is... Yeah, what are we talking about again? Keeping your kitchen clutter-free. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, anyway, I guess I am the first to admit that I do have a mild addiction to buying random countertop appliances. And for a while, I did try to keep as many of them as possible on display, thinking that would inspire me to use all of them all the time. But I think it actually had the opposite effect that it was just appliance overload and I had no counter space whatsoever. So I decided to put all of them away and only keep the ones on display that I use almost daily. So I have my Vitamix blender, my food processor, my coffee maker, and a toaster. And that's it. And actually, as I'm saying this, I realize why the hell do I have the toaster there? Yeah. Do you even make toast? Why do you have a toaster? 
bolster. Pregnancy, that's why. I was eating a lot of sprouted whole grain bagels when I was pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Plus, Harry does like avocado on Ezekiel toast. But on that note, fine. I will be taking the toaster <laughs> off my countertop as soon as I get home because I don't want to eat toast. Why would I keep something that promotes committing carbicide out in the open? Well, there you go. You got something out of this episode. <laughs> But I do use my coffee maker and my Vitamix pretty much every day, and my food processor pretty regularly. I feel like every vegan needs a food processor with all that chopping and grinding we do. Although you don't have one. Well, yeah, mine is ancient and it makes my ears bleed every time I have to use it. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps that's something you need to replace. <laughs> But yeah, I want everyone listening, spend a few minutes after you do, you're done listening to this episode and look at the things that have a permanent home on your countertop. And with each item, remind yourself that this isn't a decoration. Whatever you have on your countertop should serve a purpose and that purpose should be one that promotes healthy eating and positive energy and lightness and freshness. I also like to use the outside of my fridge is a good way to inspire positive behaviors and healthy eating. For instance, this might sound kind of egotistical and creepy to some of our listeners, but I have a giant fridge magnet of myself in a green sports bra lifting vegetable dumbbells. Now, not only does it remind me of a time when I was very dedicated to my training and nutrition, but more than anything, it forever reminds me of what I'm capable of and what I represent. And I do think it's kind of funny because every time the electrician comes in or the maintenance guys for my building and sees this giant fridge size magnet of myself, I wonder what they must think. And that inspires me to leave it up there. Also, I'm forever switching up the quotes that are written on my fridge. Here's some good ones you guys can add. Physical strength will get you to the starting line, but mental strength will get you to the finish line. Or, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Or, probably the quote that's been on my fridge the most over the years, and I still love this one and I tell this one to clients all the time, if you kinda sorta try, then you kinda sorta get results. That one's decent. Right? Yeah. I was thinking maybe I should blow up a photo of my fat gut with a <laughs> quote from me that says, Stop eating garbage, you fat bastard! Well, I'm not really sure that would have the same effect and motivate and inspire you, but maybe you should pick up a copy of my new vegan bodybuilders cookbook, which is available on Amazon Prime. What? I don't get a free copy? Well, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, and you can start cooking up recipes from it instead of eating garbage. And yes, folks, I'll be including a link to my new cookbook on the show notes for this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com. But yeah, back to creating an inspiring kitchen space. Basically, you just want to put some energy and life into your kitchen, whether it's cheesy motivational quotes like I do, giant fridge magnets of yourself like I do, <laughs> or your kids' artwork like Sarah does. Or maybe you could put some jacked on the beanstalk magnets on there. 
I have those as well. Do、I、you? Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, weird. I save them for the patrons and stuff like that. Right. I also send them to whoever buys protein powder. Yeah. If you want a jacked on the beanstalk fridge magnet, just order some of my protein. <laughs> Maybe we should start selling the magnets. Two for a dollar, and shipping will cost you five. <laughs> Anyways, what a random episode this is. I can feel us losing subscribers the more we talk. But yeah, whatever objects you have in your kitchen. They should be things that definitely motivate you to make better choices when it comes to what you're eating and what you're cooking, and they should inspire you to spend time cooking and, of course, enjoying your kitchen space. So, for instance, I have this really nice Chinese. Oddly enough, I don't know if it's feng shui. It's red, but it inspires me to make loose leaf tea when I feel I haven't drank enough water during the day, or if I want to wind down at night with something that's going. Going to relax me and not load on a bunch of unnecessary calories. I love using that little teapot or. A fruit bowl on the countertop, full of fresh, colorful fruits, is a must. Even when I've been in strict competition mode and it's been so brutal that I'm not even allowing myself to eat fruit, I will at least have a fruit bowl full of lemons and limes. And in fact, there have even been studies done, and I talk about this in my new cookbook, where they've tested whether people ate better when a fruit bowl was on their counter as opposed to, I think it was boxes of cereal. And obviously, people were. More inclined to eat the fruit when it was displayed beautifully in a nice bowl on the countertop. So I definitely think it's worth the investment to buy a really nice fruit bowl. And even if you're on a very restrictive diet, like I said, just just have it full of lemons. And I swear that alone will inspire you to start each day with a big glass of lemon water, or just to add lemon to your cooking, which will help increase the vitamin C. If you're eating an iron-rich meal that's full of lentils, having some lemon added to that is Going to help with the absorption. You know, there's all these little things that you can do. I also like filling my decorative red again canisters that I have on my countertop with healthy goodies. One of them has herbal tea. One of them is filled with oats. Another with pumpkin seeds. And even if they are red and they're apparently going to make me want to eat everything in them, at least they're filled with things that are good for me. But You know what? I do enjoy those red canisters. So yeah, I think you would agree with me that we should all take a good hard look at every object in our kitchen and ask ourselves: Does this make me feel good? And does this inspire me to want to cook or enjoy a nice meal? Does this inspire me to be my best self? Does this inspire healthy behaviors for me? If the answer is no, get it out of there. Well, and that was kind of my point earlier. Everyone has different tastes and preferences, and your kitchen has to appeal to you.、Mm. It needs to be an inviting space you want to be in. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this on previous podcasts as a way to make meal prepping more fun. But I personally think the best and cheapest way to make your cooking experience more enjoyable is to listen to music that you love or to podcasts you enjoy. Or an audio book, and 
And I personally like listening to health and fitness podcasts when I'm preparing healthy meals because I think of it as exercise for my brain. And my brain needs to be worked out just like every other muscle in my body. And why not feed two birds with one scone, as we vegans say, and exercise your brain muscle whilst making the food that's going to give my brain and my muscles the energy they need to function as optimally as possible. Yeah, see, music definitely helps, but somehow it always ends up backfiring. Like, the kids will start dancing, then next thing you know, they want to hear their playlist. Yeah, and then I find myself deeper in my version of hell, cooking and shitty music. Yeah, actually, I can now kind of relate to this. And I know you and I have talked about this before. But sometimes if say I'm rushing to get ready in the mornings and I need to distract Harry for 10 minutes. Yes, I will put on the wiggles on Netflix (laughs) and let him just sit there and watch it for a few minutes. And he loves them. But as I'm listening to their shitty songs and watching their shitty dances, I can't want to kill yourself. Well, no, I can't help but wonder what are these dudes like when they're not singing and dancing for babies and children like (laughs) these are guys who are probably in the age range of like what I would date and if say I matched with them on tinder and then on their first date found out that they're that annoying loser singing oops I didn't say Simon Sales (laughs) to my baby I guess what I'm getting at is do these dudes actually get laid well they would make incredible babysitters though this is true yeah good point and you know what now that i have a child i guess i should be looking for qualities like that instead. yeah maybe that shit would turn you on like you wouldn't believe yeah or maybe they're <laughs> a freak in the sack because they're such a nice wholesome person when they're around kids but anyway back to fun in the kitchen and one of their songs is fruit salad yummy yummy <laughs> fruit salad and yeah really love having that stuck in my head all friggin day so there are actually a bunch of cooking playlists on spotify that might be a good option for those of you without children unless you want to hear me singing fruit salad (laughs) yummy yummy also i wanted to discuss for a second here the importance of switching up your cooking style and even your recipes from time to time i think We vegans tend to eat a lot of the same staple foods all the time, and vegan bodybuilders especially, we are limited to even fewer ingredients to choose from. But I think cooking is like sex, while we're talking about banging the wiggles. (laughs) You don't want to be banged in missionary position every single time for years and years. Well, the same goes for cooking. You need to be excited to eat your food, so I highly suggest buying a new cookbook every once in a while. Did I mention my new cookbook is available on Amazon Prime? I buy new cookbooks all the time and you can even find great deals on them at Winners or HomeSense. Same with Indigo, always in the clearance section. There's there's tons of cookbooks. I bought a few of them on clearance at HomeSense and Winners, some pretty big name cookbooks for dirt cheap. Do Americans have Winners and HomeSense or is that a Canadian thing? I'm guessing those are all American stores. No, I don't think so. Really? Let us know, Americans. 
Do you know what Winners is? Yeah, I'm. you know what? I'm definitely guilty of making the same damn shit over and over again. Yeah, because mom does the same. Well, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree then, eh? Yeah, and maybe that's why I think it's so important to not make the same recipes over and over because I need change. Well, I think a lot of people are guilty about, of that, though. Yeah, you, you you know, if you love a recipe, yes, sure, make it. But Well, I, I think it's kids, too, right? It's like, well, at least you know the kids are going to eat this. See, I enjoy the challenge of giving different stuff to Harry and seeing what yeah, he enjoys. Yeah, he's eight months old. But anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is just make an effort to experiment with your cooking every once in a while. You know, maybe once a week, try introducing a new vegetable or make it fun for the family and say, hey, this week we're going to try having Mexican night or Thai food one night. You know, I personally like challenging myself to cook with new vegetables or I like to stick to using whatever is in season only. Oh, this is a good tip, actually. And I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I used to have a box of local in-season organic fruits and veggies delivered to my door every week. And it was really fun to challenge myself to use up everything in the box because it was insanely expensive. But that was a cool way to make sure you're eating what's in season. Obviously, it's going to be best for you and full of the most nutrients if it is in season instead of ripening on some delivery truck that's been, you know, sprayed with a million pesticides in order to get to you still looking fresh. And I would like to go back to that box of produce delivery. But yeah, my point to all of this is don't get stuck in a vegetable rut. And the same goes with exercise. It's important to always switch up your exercise routine to shock your body to keep making change. Well, the same thing goes for fruits and vegetables. If you're eating the same fruits and vegetables all the time and you're getting the majority of your nutrients from those same things... There's a whole whack load of other nutrients that you could be getting from other fruits and vegetables. So just be open to it and force yourself to try something new. And like I said, I love experimenting with Harry and trying, you know, okay, let's see if he likes creamed spinach. Let's see if he likes curried lentils. And I find it fun. Right now he can't talk and tell you how much your lentil paste blows. <laughs> like food is just new and exciting at this stage. Eventually, he'll start shitting on your meals too. Well, we'll see. Doesn't help that mom is constantly like, can he have some apple pie? Lentil paste really blows now. Yeah, he's definitely not as crazy about the curried lentils now that he's eaten pie. Anyways, <laughs> do you let your kids cook and bake with you or do you tend to do that on your own? Because I think that'll be a nice bonding experience and I want to teach Harry how to cook. No, they like it. I mean, especially baking. Quite frankly, I do enjoy baking with them, but as far as cooking goes, two slower moving small humans dragging out the process <laughs> doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah, because I was going to suggest maybe cooking would be more fun for you if you turned it into a fun little activity to do with the kids. Nope. Anyway, I'm excited to cook and bake with Harry once he's old enough. Hmm, well, good for you. Now, moving on to something I actually do enjoy. Organization. <laughs> Even though nothing will make me love cooking, I truly believe that having a clean, 
organized kitchen is important when it comes to how your kitchen functions. And we all know our cupboards and pantries can get out of control from time to time, especially when my husband puts away the groceries. So here are some nerdy little tips to help tame that clutter and chaos. All right. Okay, so before you do anything, just empty out the whole damn thing. You want to start from scratch. Not only that, but you will also be amazed at all the crap you have in there. And it's a good opportunity to throw out anything that's expired. If you're neurotic, as I am, you're going to wipe down and clean all the shelves, too. Okay, I definitely do not empty out the whole thing or wipe down everything. But I fully do admit that I kind of get off in a weird way. Not in a banging the wiggles way, but (laughs) cleaning out my pantry and fridge. Like, I love to challenge myself to use up whatever food is about to expire. Like, obviously, I'm talking about fruits and vegetables. So, yeah, every week I will go through my produce and whatever is getting old. I'll usually toss all of those veggies into a tofu scramble or just do like a stir fry or super ripe bananas, for instance. I'll peel them and then break them in half, freeze them, super ripe avocado. I'll make into guacamole or a little chocolate pudding for for Harry. Am I the only one who thinks it's sad that you get off on cooking rotten food? Okay, well that sounds weird now that I think about it, but for the record, guys, I have not had sex in 15 months (laughs) now. And I guess this is the closest thing to getting off for me now. And watching the Wiggles. (laughs) Fruit salad. (laughs) Yummy, yummy. She wants him to toss her salad. (laughs) I would say Simon's probably the hottest. Really? Isn't that the tall, older guy? Yeah, or um, Captain... You just like his baritone. Yeah, or Captain Feather Sword. What? Isn't he the fat guy? No, I think he's jacked under that pirate outfit. Well, he can do walking handstands. Really? Yeah, it's impressive. No, I think he's jacked. jacked. Yeah, or at least... And he's bald, too. Oh, is he? Isn't he? He wears a pirate hat. How can you tell? It's been a while since I've seen the Wiggles. Don't worry, guys. We'll include a picture of the Wiggles (laughs) on this this episode, show notes, and you can tell us which one you would bang. (laughs) Okay, and back to pantry organization. (laughs) This is such a random episode. But entertaining. I'm well, sure all the parents us. are, yeah, are yeah. they know exactly what we're talking yeah. about. They're totally going to vote on who's bangable of the yeah. wigs. <laughs> <laughs> one guy's not bad, but his teeth are way too white. It's frightening. Oh, uh, Anthony? Yeah, is he the one who plays the guitar? Yeah, the gray yeah. hair. Yeah. I knew you would pick him. He'd be my last choice. I still find it weird you go for Simon. Or Lockie. You like it. Lockie? Really? But I think he might be gay. Yeah, I think so too. Right. Okay. Anyway, back to pantry organization. (laughs) Okay. So next, now this is the purpose of emptying everything out all at once, because then you separate the items into piles that make some sort of sense. And then you think of each pile as, you know, a shelf or a zone in your pantry. For example, dried goods, canned goods. And then when planning placement in your pantry, consider things like, what are your most used items? They should be easy to access. And then kid-friendly snacks, those should be within reach for little ones and less utilized items can go at the top and if you want to go full nerd mode draw a little diagram what okay first of all if you're trying to keep it healthy and follow a clean eating program i would suggest getting the tempting snacks out of eyesight even if they are for the kids no one dieting needs to see that shit see i purposely keep all of the chocolate chips
chips, the dates, the dried fruit, anything like that is going to be on my very top shelf of the pantry where I can't even see it so that I'm not tempted to eat a handful of chocolate chips because they're staring me in the face. And diagram? Who the hell is drawing a pantry diagram? Me. If you have done that, you're even sadder than my sexual excitement over (laughs) a rotting food cooking challenge. Well, you would realize that by planning things out in a diagram, it's easier to set up the pantry because then you can be like, okay, so this would fit there. And I think you need to get laid. <laughs> Maybe if they bring in a new Wiggles. Anyway. I'm telling you, give Captain Feathersword a second look. The I pirate, plan to. The I... pirate costume is a little distracting, but I think underneath that puffy shirt. Bouncing quarters off of off, every part of his body. Yeah. Now, this is where things get really exciting. Not as much as... <laughs> Bins and labels. Clear bins are best since you can see what's in them and when you're getting low on something. It also makes everything look nice and clean, kind of like your red canisters that you love so much. Right. But make sure they're airtight. And even mason jars will work as an inexpensive option. Yeah, see, this is a good idea. I definitely think I could use some clear bins to put all my baking shit and all my dried beans and stuff like that. So where do you go for that? Dollar store? Actually, the dollar store has some pretty good glass containers, and you can get tall cylindrical ones, short little stubby ones. And then, I mean, depending on the height and depth of your shelves, you might opt for large flat containers as opposed to the tall rectangular or cylindrical. You know, whatever will work in your space. Either way, I would recommend labeling the containers. And then if you have a fairly large pantry, you can do wire baskets. They're nice for larger items. You know, think snacks such as chips or cookies, Not that anyone listening to this podcast would eat that kind of devil food. I was just thinking, fruit salad. (laughs) Yummy, yummy. Again, though, with the wire baskets, you can see what's in there, and it allows you to group like items together in one place. Hmm. Finally, make use of the door. The back of your pantry door is a great place to mount, you know, small little shelves for spices or those little packets of Lord only knows what we all seem to have, or even mount hooks for some less used utensils or even your oven mitts. Mm. The possibilities are endless. All right, that's some good ideas there. I dig it. All right, so let's get straight to the Patreon prize for this episode. I think Sarah had something exciting in mind, but is that still happening or what's going on with the prize? Yeah, well, I think a while back we talked about getting something exciting in the mail. It was a large, heavy item, if anybody remembers back that far. We got a t-shirt press, guys. Yes, and with this t-shirt press, we can not only do t-shirts, but other items. So we want to try and do some coasters, like some funny coasters would be a good idea for the prize for this. But we haven't actually tried the coasters yet. So if the coasters don't work, you might end up with a t-shirt instead. Okay, what are we singing to conclude this episode? This was also a tough one because, you know, it's about kitchens. There's not many songs out there about inspiring healthy cooking in your kitchen atmosphere. Shocking, I know. Fruit salad. Yeah, we could have just done that. But, well, hell, maybe we don't need to sing when you've sang that enough. Lord (laughs) knows. I contemplated TV dinners by ZZ Top, but I feel like we don't know that one well enough. And then, of course, there's um, Hank Williams' Hey, Good Looking. How does that one go again? Hey, good looking. 
What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Very nice. Either way, uh, we decided on Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. So anybody who was old enough in the, uh, what would that be? Late 90s? 90s, yeah. You, you'll you definitely remember this one. Not and, so much kitchen, but diner. And it's a good song, so let's do it. I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee. And he fills it only halfway. And before I even argue, he is looking out the window at somebody coming in. Fruit salad. <laughs> yummy, yummy. All right, that's it for this week. Hope everybody got something out of it, or at least we'll go Google the Wiggles and let us know who would you bang. And that concludes our Creating a Positive Kitchen Atmosphere episode. So random. Probably not going to get many downloads, but hey. We might hear from the Wiggles. Yeah. If anyone has a connection to them, please let them know I'm single and haven't been laid in 15 months. All right. That's it. Have a great week, everybody. Get those kitchens cleaned and organized. Shorky Sisters, out!